That's in the Bible, episode 24, Should Christians Keep the Sabbath? Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedoms we all hold dear, now is at stake. Humbling your hearts to God, saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians away. Hello and welcome back to That's in the Bible. My name's Eric and you're joining us for episode 24, Should Christians Keep the Sabbath? And uh, that program and the program we're doing today is suggested by a listener. And uh, we'll get to that in just a few minutes, but let me welcome on board with us, joining from Skype out in beautiful western New York, uh, is first of all, Pastor Strobel. How are you today? Good, thank you. And also there in Western New York via Skype is Steve. Doing well, thanks guys. And Steve's bright-eyed and bushy-tailed today. You awake, Steve? I'm awake. All right. <laughs> and kicking. <laughs> and up around Syracuse on Skype is Matt. Nice to be here. Still alive and breathing, I hear. I am. As All long right. as you can hear me breathing, I'm here. <laughs> well, I'm sure we'll know you're here then. Yes. <laughs> So welcome. So what's new with you guys? Well, I got a chance to hear some good preaching this week. I usually have to do all the preaching. I told the folks on um, Sunday at church that I'd be going to a restaurant on uh, Tuesday. And it was a spiritual restaurant where somebody else would prepare the meal and I'd get to sit down and eat it. And so that's what I did. Amen. Amen. Got two courses. (laughs) <laughs> they were both vegetables <laughs> wonderful and they were good, Very good. <laughs> Amen. it was good preaching Amen. how about you Steve well it's been kind of a busy week for me um, I don't know if I mentioned on the last podcast but uh, I was to preach at uh, Charity Baptist Church in Buffalo and preached uh, did Sunday school Sunday morning and Sunday night in the absence of the pastor while he was away and uh, was out at Attica prison with Pastor Strobel and another gentleman by the name of Paul on Monday and uh, obviously doing the podcast here and then tomorrow we're going to be going down to uh, City Mission there in Buffalo and I'll be preaching there with and go with a bunch of guys from our church so looking forward to that looking forward to tonight and uh, just what God uh, has given us to give. How does, how does that work at Attica? Do you, do you guys go from cell to cell? Or? We, uh, we do a Bible study in their school department. And so we actually use a classroom, and the men have to sign up for the study uh, to be able to come. So we have mm-hmm. a regular group of people that meets with us, and, and they're uh, always working at getting more uh, to come in. Mm-hmm. Amen. And I know for a time it was probably a while back now you, that Pastor Strobel, you, you went to the uh, Niagara County Jail. Is that is that still something you guys do? Uh, we have a man from our church that is doing that regularly. Actually, mm-hmm. a man and a woman, one of them a husband and wife team. Uh, one of them goes to deal with the men, and another one goes to deal with the uh, ladies. Amen. And they have different setups there. The, the ladies are in the old section, which when I first went to Niagara County Jail to, to do uh, some work, I got to go where she was, and there was men there. 
And what she does is actually walk on, they call the catwalks uh, around mm-hmm. the cells, and she goes from cell to cell. And where um, the other guy goes is a newer section of the jail, and they actually will meet uh, together in an area and uh, have folks just meet for a Bible study. Amen. Amen. And Matt, how about you? What's new there? Uh, everything's been great. Um, I think the last time we were on the podcast, I was saying that um, I was hoping that Tom, um, one of the guys at my church, younger guys, uh, I believe he's about 21 years old, he uh, he actually did go out street preaching with us. And uh, so that was a blessing to see him out there, and he was excited. And uh, and he did preach a little bit, too, so that was great. And uh, <clears throat> actually, on Sunday when we went to church, his dad came for the very first time in a long time. And his dad saved, and uh, he came over to us sitting there and uh, before service started, and his dad was like, uh, you, got, you guys weren't out there street preaching, you know, and, and you know, you're not yelling at him and all that kind of stuff. You know, uh, you just need to, you know, give it to him softly and stuff like that. And I said, that's not what we're doing. We, you know, we're preaching. We're preaching the word, and we're lifting up our voices like a trumpet, though, you know. And, <clears throat> and so he was kind of down on it, and he said, well, what Brother Dom does out there, I don't think does any good. And which is, you know, Brother Don, we go out there with and, and we preach just, you know, and, uh, and things like that. So, but the great thing about it was afterward when uh, his dad left, Tom said, I, you know, he's always negative. He's like, I'll be out there every time with you guys. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so praise the Lord. You know, I hope that he keeps coming out with us and, and uh, just got a visitation tonight. I uh, went with uh, Tyler and uh, he's another young guy that uh, goes, uh, comes over to my house on Sundays and we have a Bible study. And, uh, um, and we went out tonight, we went, uh, knocked a couple doors and also we walked by a bar and we walked by it and he said, boy, maybe we should go in there and give some people some tracks. <laughs> and I mean, the, the music was loud. It was blaring they were doing karaoke and, you know, of course everybody's all drunk in there. And, and I said, listen, if the, if the Holy Spirit's leading you, let's go, you know? And, and, uh, and so we went in there. I don't usually go in bars, you know, now that I'm saved, but we went in there real quick and. Uh, we were able to get a bunch of gospel tracks. Actually, a lot of people took gospel tracks, and and uh, and then we got out of there as fast as we could. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, praise the Lord, you know. And and I said, listen, it wasn't uh, your flesh that was saying, hey, let's go in there and give these drunk people some gospel tracks, and it wasn't the devil saying that. So, so uh, you know, praise the Lord. It was it was a good time. Amen. All right. Well, we. Um we actually have a, uh, the, the show tonight is brought to us by a listener, and uh, a listener all the way from Australia. We're in the United States, and um, it, was, uh, it was through an email that was sent, and I'm going to read the email, and then we'll talk about it here for a few minutes. And it says, hi guys, well, well done, long time needed show. I would like you guys to do a show on the Sabbath. You can raise questions like, when is the Sabbath? Answer, seventh day of the week, Saturday. Also, why don't churches follow the Sabbath? Following the Sabbath, Saturday is the mark of God, and then a Sunday Sabbath must be the mark of the beast. God's law was written in stone, unchangeable. Exodus 20, 8-11 says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God, In it thou shalt not do any work, thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day, and hallowed it. 
Why did 99% of the church's religious denominations change to a Sunday Sabbath? Worshiping on the Sunday is a pagan day of worship, the sun god. Please let the truth out. This will mean so much to so many. Kind regards, Theodor Kustis from Australia. All right, so there is the topic for the uh, the show today. And um, a valid question, what about the Sabbath? Why aren't Christians following the Sabbath as it is referred to in the Bible? Well, working off the letter, if I could just start, um, the whole premise of this program is uh, that's in the Bible. And the premise that he mentioned of the Sabbath being the mark of God is an interesting concept, but um, there's no reference to that in the Bible. Uh, the word the word mark and the word Sabbath in, in any forms don't appear together in any verse in the scriptures. Amen. You know, there was some time ago when we first started these podcasts, uh, did a Bible study or did a study on, you know, something is it everything in the Bible for me or something along that line. And we, we discussed the a particular question that's pertinent to this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 32, it says this, Give none offense neither to the Jew, nor to the Gentile, nor to the church of God. And when you study the Bible, you have to make sure that you understand who uh, the question, whatever the subject is in question, is talking to or about. Uh, in this regard, you know, as he cited there in, in Exodus chapter 20, uh, it's in reference to the Jews. Uh, therefore, it's not speaking to the Gentiles, nor is it speaking to the church of God. So I think the first thing that we have to establish is, is who is he talking to when, he, when he's talking about the Sabbath? Uh, you could take, um, oh, we already read the, the, the verse there in Exodus chapter 20, but, um, um, oh, let's, let's go to, uh, go to Ezekiel chapter 20. We can do that one, and then I'll open it up, let, let some of the other guys go in there. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 19 and 20, it says, I am the Lord your God. Walk in my statutes and keep my judgments and do them and hallow my Sabbaths, and they shall be a sign between me and you, speaking to the nation of Israel, that ye may know that I am the Lord your God. Amen. Steve, let me just add to that. Um, right back in Exodus, in chapter 31 and verse 13, the Lord says, Speak thou also unto the children of Israel, saying, Verily my Sabbaths ye shall keep, for it is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that ye may know that I am the Lord that does sanctify you. Once again, showing directly him speaking to Israel, right there in Exodus. Amen. Yeah. And also, uh, <clears throat> I don't know if we mentioned this, but Exodus chapter 31, verse 16, just another verse over. The Bible says, Wherefore the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. Right. And, uh, you know, when you when you look at signs, you know, the Bible says, you just mentioned it, Pastor Strobel, uh, signs were always for the Jews. Uh, if you look in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 22, the Bible says, For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. And, uh, you know, the, the Jews always sought after a sign. And even uh, with Jesus Christ, you see here also um, in uh, the book of John, he says, you always do require a sign. I mean, these people, when Jesus Christ was here, 
all they were looking for was a sign. You know, he fed the 5,000 and they kept coming after him, not because they believed on Jesus Christ, but because they saw the sign and they wanted more food and they wanted to see more of the signs. Um, the big thing for me is if you look in Romans chapter 13, uh, if you go over there with me at Romans chapter 13, um, and you look here, the Apostle Paul, he gives us the 10, uh, kind of rehashes the 10 commandments here in Romans chapter thir thir uh, 13. And starting in verse 8, the Bible says, Owe no, man, uh, owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Um, and uh, you keep going down here. For this thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in th this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Now, it's you know you got right there in the new in the um, and, uh, you know the New Testament. The Apostle Paul leaves out the Sabbath, and uh, you know he he said you know there is the full law right there that that we need to do, and uh, he said listen you know the the Sabbath isn't part of it. Amen. And let me just throw out uh, again as you are in Exodus thirty one verse sixteen, uh, right after that dealing with this sign thing in verse 17, right following it, it says again expressly about the Sabbath, it is a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. Yep. Amen. You know, you see that, that the Jews always, uh, God dealt with the nation of Israel with signs. Uh, and, it's, and it's important to make that distinction because if, if you don't, you get your Bible all screwed up. When, uh, go, go back to Exodus chapter 4. And you'll see that, that when God dealt with the nation of Israel, when he wanted to manifest himself to them, and again, this is the reason why the Jews in the New Testament were looking for signs, as Matt already mentioned, is that how, that's how God dealt with the nation of Israel. In Exodus chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, it says, <clears throat> uh, now, just context sake, you know, Moses is up before God in the burning bush, and and God's already told him that he needs to go to the nation of Israel, deliver them out of the hand of Pharaoh. And, uh, you know, he throws the, you know, how are they going to believe me and all this kind of stuff. And he throws down the, the rod and it turns to a serpent and he picks it back up again. He puts his hand into his bosom and he pulls it out and it becomes leprous. And uh, he puts it back in and it's white as snow again. And uh, uh, in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 8 and 9, it says this, And it shall come to pass that if they will not believe thee, uh, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign, that, uh, that they will believe the voice of the latter sign. And it shall come to pass if they will not believe uh, upon these signs, neither hearken unto, the, uh, unto thy voice, that thou shalt take of the water of the river and pour it upon dry land, and the water which thou uh, takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. Now, take a look just a little bit further down in, in verse 28. Now, here Moses meets up with Aaron, and, and uh, it says this in verse 28, And Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord who had sent him, and all the signs which he had commanded him. And Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the uh, elders of the children of Israel. And Aaron spake all the words which the Lord had spoken unto Moses and did the signs in the sight of the people. And the people believed 
And when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel and that they had looked, that he had looked upon their affliction, they bowed their heads and worshiped. So God understood their unbelieving hearts and knew that they needed to have something to believe on. Now, Obviously, a lot of us think that way today, but the way God dealt with the nation of Israel, he dealt with them with signs. Uh, Matt read that verse a little bit earlier. I believe it was Matt, where it says in 1 Corinthians 1.22, the Jews require a sign, or the Greeks, the Gentiles, seek after wisdom. So in order to make that distinction, in order for us to understand this issue, we have to make that distinction. If you don't, you're not rightly dividing the word of truth. So God dealt with the nation of Israel with signs. And uh, it says very clearly that, that the Sabbath was a sign, and it was a covenant between uh, God the Father and the nation of Israel. And uh, so should a Christian keep the Sabbath? Uh, it was given to the nation of Israel. You know, there's one other thing that I, that I happened to come across, guys, that I thought was rather interesting. I did a, did a search on my Bible uh, program, and I put in uh, just the Pauline epistles, and I put in the word Sabbath and Sabbaths, and it only came up one time, and it came up one time, and I'd like to read the verse where it, where it uh, comes up. It's in Colossians chapter 2. Actually, there's two verses there that you need to look at, and it says uh, in Colossians chapter 2, verse 16, it says, let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day, or of the new moons, or of the Sabbath days. Here's the qualifier. Which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. It showed, it's telling you that the, that the Sabbath is a shadow of things to come. The, the Sabbath will be reinstituted when God starts dealing with the nation of Israel again. Whether that uh, takes place in the tribulation or in the millennium or in eternity itself, there will be Sabbaths, there will be new moons, there will be all of those things. But for the church, it's not so. You know, if the Sabbath was a doctrine that was there for the church itself, the apostle to the Gentiles, to the church, the revelation of the church was given to Paul, if that had been a doctrine that was necessary for the church to follow, Paul would have written about it. And the absence of it shows you that the church is not supposed to follow the Sabbath. Amen. I did the same thing that uh, Steve did, in, 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 a, in essence, and discovered uh, just what he was mentioning about that uh, only mention of the Sabbath in the Pauline epistles from Colossians 2, verses 16 and 17. And that uh, thing about being a shadow of things to come is, uh, as Steve mentions, very uh, instructive. I looked, uh, I took a, a step further and I, I, I tried to see if we, I could match up the elements of Colossians 2.16 with anything else in the scriptures. And uh, if you'll take your Bibles and look in Ezekiel chapter 45, uh, amen. I'll, sh I'll show you in verse 17 what, um, what we get. In Colossians 2, he says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of an holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days. In Ezekiel 45, verse 17, you're going to find these things uh, matching up uh, almost uh, perfectly. Mm -hmm. 
it says, and it shall be the prince's part to give burnt offerings and meat offerings and drink offerings. That's the going to be the meat and drink that he's referring to in Colossians 2. It'll be the same context. Mm-hmm. Meat offerings and drink offerings in the feast and in the new moons, like he spoke about in Colossians 2, and in the Sabbaths. And then he said, in all solemnities. The only thing that's not mentioned uh, verbatim is Holy Day. But uh, Holy Day can also be a reference uh, to a Sabbath, uh, a Sabbath that wasn't a normal Sabbath, but um, another Sabbath uh, that was a special day in a, in a feast. So I'll give you a couple of examples. First, you see that Holy Day can be used in reference to Sabbath. Even in the regular Sabbath, Exodus 35, verse 2, six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day there shall be to you in Holy Day a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. So there are Holy Days referred to as a Sabbath. Then in Nehemiah chapter 10 and verse 31, it says, And if the people of the land bring wear or any victuals on the Sabbath day to sell, that we would not buy it of them on the Sabbath or on the holy day. Mm-hmm. And there he says Sabbath or holy, the holy day, so it could be a reference to a, another day. That could also be comprehended in the uh, reference to the solemnities. Um, there's a reference to a holy uh, solemnity uh, in the scriptures. And so you got these things matching up in the context of Ezekiel 45 and verse 17 uh, is the worship in the millennial reign. It's uh, God given Ezekiel's instructions. You know, earlier in uh, the uh, book of Ezekiel in the early 40s, uh, as far as the chapter goes, he's dealing with the millennial temple, and now he's giving you instructions about the uh, worship that's going to be instituted in the millennial reign, which obviously um, comes chronologically after the New Testament church age and then after the tribulation period. So chronologically, we run with the New Testament church we're at right now, then uh, the rapture takes place, the tribulation, and then the millennium. So these indeed, for the body of Christ, are a shadow of things to come. Amen. And the other thing I wanted to add, too, is, you know, in the, in the Bible, you know, the Bible makes it clear that uh, we just saw that in Exodus chapter 20, that, uh, you know, the Sabbath was given... Um, as uh, one of the Ten Commandments there. And the Bible makes it clear that, you know, we're not under the law as a Christian nowadays. You know, now that we've accepted Christ as our Savior and we're in the church, the body of Christ, you know, the, Bi- the Bible says here, um, right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and you go to verse 12, it says, For as the body is one and hath many members, talking about the church, and all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also in Christ, if you're in Christ, you're in this body, for by one spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. So when we've accepted Christ as our Savior, we're put into that church. And that's what the question tonight is, you know, should the church uh, keep the Sabbath? And now that we're Christians, the Bible says that us as the church, the Christians, the body of Christ, uh, we're not under the law anymore. We're not, an unsaved man is under the law, but as us, we're not. In Romans chapter 3, verse 19, the Bible says, Now we know, we have a knowledge, this is what we know that we're saved, that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all in the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the, for the, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. So we know that the law was given so that we can, uh, we can see our sin. And also in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 says, 
uh, that the law was given, uh, that was, law was a schoolmaster to us uh, to lead us to the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, now, we know that the law came by Moses. Now, some people say, um, and I don't know if this gentleman believes this or not, uh, but some people do believe that, uh, that even Adam and Eve uh, kept the Sabbath. Um, but they're, uh, you know, the Bible paints a, a different picture. If you turn to Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 14, the Bible says, And madest known unto them thy holy Sabbath, and commandest them precepts, statutes, and laws by the hand of Moses thy servant. So the Bible says here that the holy Sabbath was not known unto anybody until um, when they gave it, when, when God gave it to him on Mount Sinai, when he gave the Ten Commandments, that's when he made known unto them thy holy Sabbath. Nobody kept the, the Sabbath until, uh, until Moses. Um, and, uh, you know, and of course, as Christians too, as today, we're not under that law. And if I could say, in, in all fairness, we're not saying that um, we're throwing out all the Ten Commandments. Uh, right. We still believe thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. And as Matt quoted before, those are in Romans, uh, the book of Romans. And he read them from, I believe, was chapter 13. Is that it, Matt? Yep. And so those things were clear, but there was no specific mention, as he said, for us to have to keep the Sabbath. And that is where Colossians 2 comes in as well, in verse 16, where he says, Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or of the new moon or of the Sabbath days. So we are not to be judged by others because we don't keep the Sabbath. Well, let me ask a question that a listener might have, maybe this listener. Is there anything wrong with keeping the Sabbath as far as, let's say, church attendance on the Sabbath, on a Saturday instead of a Sunday? First thing you have to do is find a Bible-believing church that has services on Saturday. (laughs) (laughs) Is there anything scripturally wrong with it? Well, without... Without maybe addressing it being wrong per se, what we do know is this. We do know the precedent in the scripture was, in the New Testament times, the church began to meet on the first day of the week. And this is evidenced in 1 Corinthians, where Paul is talking about them taking up the collection on the first day of the week, chapter 16, verse number 2, 1 Corinthians 16, 2. He says, upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Of course, you can just imagine if church was on Saturday and he just said, all right, now, uh, we're not going to take collection today, but tomorrow I'll tell you what, on, on Sunday I want everybody to come here and we'll, we'll take an offering. <laughs> right? we, I don't think that was going on. <laughs> right. Moreover, in Acts chapter 20 and verse number 7, and upon the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread, uh, Paul preached unto them, ready to depart on the morrow and continued his speech until uh, midnight. And they were, they were meeting there. After the resurrection, in John chapter 20, the Bible says, Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. There's a lot in there, but, but here's the disciples meeting on the first day of the week, and the Holy Spirit, who has instructed us to live by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, chose his words carefully when he said where the disciples were assembled. And any theologian and most theology students know that the definition of a church is a called-out assembly. Amen. And here the Lord was careful to show 
that these folks were assembled together, God's people, the disciples, that first church there on the first day of the week. Amen. The other thing he, he brought up was the worshiping on Sunday is a pagan day of worship, and then he referenced the sun god. But from what you just read here, it's certainly not what the uh, New Testament church associated with. It, it is a common argument, but again, we see our roots of New Testament worship uh, being on the first day of the week. In other words, we, we see the reason we do it is because it was done in the New Testament. It has nothing to do with uh, any any sun god. Amen. Well, the other thing is is that you know just because the calendar days are said to be Sunday, you know Saturday, Tuesday, and all that kind of stuff, which all had references to some sort of pagans. Uh, you know, just because the United States has adopted the common, I say common, uh, I guess that would be the proper term, but the universal uh, uh, terms for that doesn't mean that that's what the Lord had intended. In fact, what it says in the scripture is he refers to it the first day. It just coincides with the calendar that's been adopted that it's called Sunday. It doesn't have anything to do with, with worshiping a sun god. It uh, it just corresponds with the day that the calendar that we use as a calendar, so it's not like we decided okay we're going to worship on Sunday because that's the sun god day. It, it kind of happened in reverse. So that's it. Had really has not an argument uh, or a leg to stand on in in that mm-hmm. regard, because the Bible says it's the first day of the week, right. long before they ever ever had their calendar set up. So. That, that is a good point, and I'm going to add this for people that are still bristling against what Steve said, um, as, and it, even, it's a very, even though it's a very valid uh, point that people should consider. If they still have a problem, then they should think about this. In Malachi chapter 4 and verse number 2, the Lord Jesus Christ is called the Son, capital S-U-N, right. of righteousness. So that's the only Son we're worshiping. Amen. <laughs> yeah, amen. amen. First day of the week. Yeah, amen. Well, one of the other things that, you know, um, well, uh, there's probably a couple other directions to go. I think Matt mentioned it earlier, and I don't know if he mentioned any of these verses because I might have been looking at something while he was doing that. But he mentioned things about the the law and so forth and and how, you know, if you want to take a a study of Hebrews, the, the book of Hebrews, it's a contrast between the old covenant and the new covenant how that the old covenant was done away and the new covenant was established. And, of course, that kind of coincides with what we already talked about in regards that the absence of the word Sabbath in the Pauline epistles, who, uh, you know, really is writing about that new covenant and salvation in Jesus Christ. The other thing is, and I, and I was looking for them, and I know I'd read them before, uh, Pastor Strobel, maybe you could help me out on this, but in some of the references where it talks about keeping the Sabbath, those people that are, that are interested in doing that, seemingly they don't follow it all the way through. Because in some of those references, it talks about uh, putting those to death that don't keep the Sabbath. Yeah. If, they're one, if they're wanting to follow the Old Testament as it is written, you know, they may come up with an excuse for not doing what I'm what I'm suggesting, and I'm certainly not suggesting that anybody do this. Just I was going to say, let's not give them any ideas. <laughs> <laughs> but 
you know, if someone doesn't follow the old uh, the uh, the Sabbath in the Old Testament, they were they were uh, to be put to death. They were either to be stoned or or put out of the camp. And I know there's some scriptures in there. I've been I was looking for them on the fly while I was trying to listen, and I and I couldn't find it. So, anybody have anything on that where that's at? Yeah, I yeah think- I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, ahead, Pastor. Go ahead, Matt. If you got it. Well, I got one in uh, in Numbers chapter 15. It's not one of the commands, you know, that God says, but here they find somebody that's actually gathering sticks on the Sabbath day, right. and they ask the Lord what to do, and that's in Numbers chapter 15. And if you look in verse 32, the Bible says, And while the children of Israel were in the wilderness, again, this is talking about the children of Israel, not the church, they found a man that gathered sticks upon the Sabbath day. And they that found him gathering sticks brought him unto Moses and Aaron and unto all the congregation. And they put him inward because it was not declared what should be done to him. And the Lord said unto Moses, The man shall be surely put to death. All the congregation shall stone him with stones without the camp. And all the congregation brought him without the camp and stoned him with stones. And he died as the Lord commanded Moses. I mean, here's a guy that's just uh, gathering some sticks on the Sabbath day. (laughs) You know, I mean... Um, I've talked to some people that, you know, believe that they have to worship on the Sabbath and they have to keep the Sabbath. And, uh, and a lot of times, you know, they, they're still doing yard work. Uh, they're doing other things. Uh, they're not working per se to make money and things like that. But it says right here, even just to gather sticks, uh, that person's supposed to be stoned by that congregation. Amen. Amen. That's where I was going too. There is a, a few other references and I'll just generally give them to you. Uh, Exodus 31 verses 14 and 15 and Exodus 35 and verse number 2. And in those, I'll just read you um, uh, one of them, Exodus 31, 14. Ye shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy unto you. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death. Mm-hmm. For whosoever doeth any work therein, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. So, and then 15 uh, restates that, uh, and 35, 2 hits it hard as well. So uh, we can thank God, as Matt said before, we saw in the New Testament that we are not under the law, but under grace. Amen. Amen. So I, I wonder why that is, that those folks that uh, talk about keeping the Sabbath don't, don't really keep it if you know, they're going to follow the Bible as uh, closely as they would have us to believe that they are. Well, many of them, you know, I think have good intentions, but, but I think there's a, a, a bigger issue that they get caught up in, in that somehow they feel as if because the nation of Israel messed up and God, you know, kind of uh, turned his back on the nation of Israel and, and turned towards the church, that the church automatically assumes the promises given to the nation of Israel. And there are a lot of denominations that do that. Uh, but in so doing, they take uh, the commands that are given to the nation of Israel, and they feel that they are uh, bound to to keep those commands. And uh, obviously, you know, the Ten Commandments and many of the other commandments are are uh, among those. Um, again, all I have to do is is talk about the absence of the uh, the Sabbath. Now, one thing that and, and I caution people, you know, before you jump to conclusions, think about this very carefully. Um, you'll find the, the, the term Sabbath several, several times in the Gospels. And, uh, and then again, there's the absence of that word Sabbath in the epistles. And there's a reason for that. In the Gospels, Jesus Christ is still living under the Old Testament. 
He has to fulfill the, the Old Testament. He has to fulfill the law. And when he does that and he lives that perfect life and then makes his sacrifice on the cross of Calvary, he finishes God's work of which man could not do on his own. So he makes, as the Bible says, a propitiation, a substitute for us. Now, once that sacrifice is made and the New Testament is established, then a new system is brought into play, which is what we find in the epistles. What I'm trying to say is, is that the Old Covenant, as you find in the Old Testament and in the Gospels, is not changed until the death of the testator, which is what you find in Hebrews chapter 9. When the death of the testator, which is Jesus Christ, takes place, then the New Testament begins. I understand, you know, according to our Bible and how it's put together, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are in the New Testament. I'm not arguing that. But the events of their life are in the Old Testament setting until the death of the testator takes place, which is Jesus Christ. So that would explain why Jesus Christ kept the Sabbath, why the the scribes and the Pharisees were always asking why his disciples broke the Sabbath, and um, and then again, like Matt showed in in Romans chapter chapter uh, uh, thirteen, and other places that the uh, the uh, the Sabbath as well as some of the other uh, commands, uh, such as sacrifices and and things along that line, keeping feast days, all of those things are are uh, not are, are are absent from the writings. Um, so that might be something that you might want to consider when uh, thinking about this subject. And I, I just want to add to that too, uh, Steve. You were talking about how you know I hear a lot from people that are even in uh, you know I, I believed pretty good churches. Uh, some of them actually teach that you know we're all spiritual Jews now. All the promises, like you said, are given to uh, to the church, uh, to the body of Christ. Uh, but if you look in Romans chapter eleven, uh, God paints a much uh, different picture than that. And he's talking right here in uh, Romans chapter 11, verse 1. This is the Apostle Paul speaking. He says, I say then, hath God cast away his people, talking about the Jews, God forbid, for I also am an Israelite of the seed of Abraham, of the tribe of Benjamin. God hath not cast away his people, which he foreknew. What ye not that the scripture, what the scripture saith of Elias, how he maketh intercession to God against Israel. Uh, if you go down to uh, verse 8, it says, According as is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear unto this day. Verse 11, I say then, have they stumbled that they should fall? God forbid, but rather through their fall, salvation has come unto the Gentiles for to provoke them to jealousy. I mean, the whole thing is that, you know, we're saved now because of the fall of uh, the nation of Israel, uh, because, uh, you know, they've been put on the back burner. But the thing is, is that God says that he's going to bring them back. And uh, you look and see in uh, verse, uh, uh, let's see here, where am I? In uh, verse 25. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. So, and so all Israel shall be saved, as is written, there shall come out of Zion the deliverer, and shall turn away ungodliness from Jacob. For this is my covenant unto them, when I shall take away their sins. That covenant's coming back. You know, when, when God deals with the nation of Israel again, uh, if we've gone over, you know, will the church go through the tribulation? You can go through that study and see who the church is. Will they go through the tribulation? The tribulation mainly is for the nation of Israel to purify them 
uh, so that when uh, the Lord Jesus Christ comes back, uh, the um, their deliverer, they're going to be calling upon him and saying, yes, please be our king, our savior, and uh, he's going to save them. Uh, you know, we're definitely not a spiritual Jew. Yes, we've gotten in on the, uh, on the promise of uh, everlasting life uh, and, uh, and being saved from our sins, uh, but God's definitely going to deal again with the nation of Israel to set up a, a, a literal physical kingdom uh, in the nation of uh, Jerusalem there. Amen. I'd like to challenge our listeners who are wrestling with this topic or maybe even bristling against it to really take the time and, and look up some of these references. Uh, one of the blessings of being able to download this and then play it on your own computer is is to be able to pause when we give a scripture reference and, and look it up. And you don't have to just take our word for it. You can just check this out in, in the Bible. Um, another thing that I did was I uh, took and, and looked up um, all the references to the Sabbath in the book of Acts. And uh, there's a number of them. And what you're going to find in the book of Acts is you had people during this transitional time that all they knew was to meet on the Sabbath day. And they would continue to meet on the Sabbath day. And Paul would take advantage of that. And he would go in and uh, reason with them in the synagogues on the Sabbath day. Uh, he would go in there and meet where they were meeting and preach the gospel to them. And as you look through the book of Acts, as, and we've already seen the only reference to Sabbath in the, in the uh, epistles, if you look through there, you're, gonna, you're not going to find any place um, after the resurrection of Jesus Christ where uh, any command is given to maintain public worship on the Sabbath. Right. I'll say it again. There's no scriptural command given after the resurrection of Christ to maintain public worship on the Sabbath. I'll tell you something else interesting that I found. Um, the first reference to the word Sabbath after the resurrection is in Matthew chapter 28, verse 1. And it says this, In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, mm -hmm. came Mary Magdalene and, and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. Now, I know that's the historical reference of what took place in the account the Lord, um, in his Bible, he's very judicious with his words. He'll take something that is aimed um, uh, historical, and he may use it for a, a prophetical teaching. He may use it for a practical teaching. And But I just see some real insight the Lord's trying to give us as to what's to come when he says right after the resurrection, in the end of the Sabbath, like, mm -hmm. he's, like that's done now, and now mm -hmm. it's beginning to dawn toward the first day of the week, which is where we meet. And that's the first mention. And then how about the first mention of the word Sabbath after the resurrection in the Gospel of Mark? In the Gospel of Mark, he says, and when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And then Luke and John, uh, neither of them make any mention of the Sabbath after uh, the resurrection. But I just found that um, instructive and interesting. If, if not definitive, it's certainly something worth pondering. Amen. Amen. All right. Anybody else have anything to add? I think in a roundabout way, we covered it all. I think we have. I think we've answered the question why churches don't follow the Sabbath and uh, why Christians aren't uh, following the Sabbath. I'll just throw out one last thing, and, and that is in regard of if they will take the time to look up the first day of the week, they'll find that, as we saw in Matthew 28, verse number 1. They'll find it also, uh, Mark 16, 2. Mark sixteen nine and Luke twenty four one. All of those references are after uh, the resurrection. Just as again, another little 
something to check out. Amen. Pastor Strobel, let me let me pose this question to you. I uh, like you a lot of those verses that you uh, were just giving out. I had I had put down as well. But one of the other things that I found was found in Revelation chapter one verses nine and ten, where it uh, made a reference to I was in in the spirit on the Lord's day. Now you know we we call Sunday the Lord's day and so forth, and there's really not a day that's designated as that in the context of that of that uh, uh, there in revelation. but do you know of any place where that the the Lord's day might be referred to as Sunday or the first day of the week um specifically uh, other than the revelation reference you're talking about right right. That's that's uh, as far as I know. That's the only reference to that term um, in the Bible. You know, I didn't know if it had a dual application. I mean, I I, I believe I realize the the prophetical uh, you know meaning of that. The Lord's day being his you know when he returned or whatever the yes. the tribulation and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I just didn't know if it had might have had a, a dual application in reference to a specific day of our calendar. Well, uh, not that I know of specifically, although certainly, as you said, that was adopted by the churches just in, in practice. They would call it the Lord's Day. So, some of them would, would continue to call Sunday the Sabbath, but mm-hmm. uh, a lot of them would call Sunday the Lord's Day. I have used this, and I'm certainly not the only one, but uh, in preaching for practical application to exhort the people that uh, when they come in for church on the Lord's Day, that it helps if they're in the Spirit. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, amen. <laughs> we have better church services when folks are in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Amen. I just wanted to bring up, too, on the uh, Mark of the Beast, um, I believe he said something about, uh, of course, we've already covered that the Sabbath, um, what did he say, that it's the Mark of God? Right, he um, said Sunday Sabbath must be the Mark of the Beast. Right, and and what I have to say to that is, uh, you know, there's no scripture for that at all either. And if you look in the book of Revelation, that's the only place that the mark of the beast is uh, is mentioned. And we know from studying our Bible um, that the tribulation period happens between pretty much uh, the ver- uh, chapter 6 through 19 of, uh, of the book of Revelation. And that's exactly where we find it. Um, and we know that the church isn't going to be here in the, in the tribulation. Again, you can go back to that uh, study on will the church go through the tribulation. But the thing is, is that, you know, this mark of the beast happens during that time of the seven years of tribulation. And, uh, you know, the, the Bible says here in Revelation chapter 16, verse 2, actually go in verse 1, And I heard a great voice out of the temple saying to the seven angels, Go your ways and pour out the vials of the wrath of God upon the earth. I mean, here's the, 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 the vials that God's going to take out on, on those that dwell upon the earth here during the tribulation. And the first went and poured out his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast, and upon them which worshipped his image. I mean, there's going to be an image, just like in Daniel, when they uh, were, were made to um, uh, bow down to that image when the music played, that's going to be the same exact thing. And uh, you also look in uh, Revelation chapter 19, verse 20, the Bible says, And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, uh, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image, these were both cast alive to a lake of fire burning with brimstone. And that's the only time that you ever see the mark of the beast take place. It has nothing to do with um, uh, worshiping on a Sunday, um, you know, you, we should be worshiping, worshiping every single uh, day, the Lord, you know, and, and uh, you know, we don't have to keep certain days, the Bible says, and, and definitely that mark of the beast isn't just worshiping on a Sunday. 
No, a matter of fact, it's said to be a mark that they're to receive in their right hand or in their foreheads. So uh, yeah, has nothing to do with worshiping on a Sunday. Amen. Amen. And the Bible also says that we can't uh, buy or sell if we have that mark. So uh, I just went to the grocery store today. So uh, and, and, and you went to church on Sunday, right? I did. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> You're good, Matt. You're good. <laughs> But that's the truth, and that's that's the way you got to look at these things. It's easy for some people to take a few verses and twist them, or to take um, a thought and, and put it on somebody. But you want to make sure everything is washed back through the scriptures. Use Amen. that like a sieve, to which you sift out uh, what's right and what's wrong. Amen. Amen. Well, I think we've answered that. And, I, and uh, again, if you have questions and comments and things that you'd like to uh, to ask and perhaps see discussed on uh, that's in the Bible. You can write us at uh, that's the Bible at gmail.com. And there's some more information at the end of the show as far as phone numbers and things that you can also reach us at. Well, even if they disagree with us, Eric, I think they, you know, if, if they would write in and, and uh, maybe even challenge us as to what's, being, what's been said, uh, you know, might be able to, to take some further scriptures or clarification of what we've said and, and hopefully. You know, make it clear to them. That's right, and and as Pastor Strobel said, we really try not to filter anything through a particular church or denomination. We try to filter everything through the Bible and what the Bible says about each topic that we take a look at. And uh, we also try to give you scripture, not just opinion. So please take a look at the scripture, look up the references, and uh, study and pray about those and. And see if, in fact, uh, what we what we have shown you uh, is, in fact, so. Anything else for the good of the cause? I'm good. I just wanted to uh, just say thank you to him for uh, sending that, and uh, you know, just having that uh, study to do, and and I appreciate it. And I hope we uh, answered some questions for other viewers as well. Amen. Amen. Right in again, Theodore. Good to hear from you. Amen. Amen. And Steve, I know this is uh, this is a little bit off topic, but I had to laugh a little bit when Matt was talking about the spiritual Jew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the very beginnings of all of this. Sweet <laughs> inside joke. <laughs> it is. I, a thought, little... I thought Eric was going to say he had to laugh when Matt was reading about the spirit of slumber. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good too. I wouldn't know anything about that, brother. <laughs> And we know why. Praise <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Lord. Yours is coming. <laughs> Say goodnight, Uticus. <laughs> He's talking to you, Steve. What? He's talking to you. Not me. I've been awake all this whole time. Amen. I've enjoyed the study tonight. That's yeah, been good. good. Amen. All right, guys. Thanks again. Amen. This has been a production of the That's in the Bible podcast. To leave a comment or to ask a question, visit our website at thatsinthebible.com or email us at thatsinthebible at gmail.com or call our listener feedback voicemail at 716-584-1611. Again, that's 716-584-1611. As always, thanks for listening and press on.